I've been promised not only an outrageous experience, but a truly, truly, truly outrageous experience. I hope I'm not disappointed. Okay, our epic 65-part saga begins, appropriately enough, with the beginning. It's the 80s, the most neon of all decades. Trust me, I was there. As far as I remember, this is basically a photorealistic depiction. And here comes the titular gem and her holograms. I'm going to attempt to discern their names from the chants from this excited crowd of fans, which means I will 100% be discerning them wrong. First up is Aha, the tiny-waisted, blue-haired one. Next is Jen... Oh god, I'm already doing such a bad job of this. She's got purple hair, and she's wearing a mostly matching purple corset and mad scientist lab coat. Then there's... Kumbor? She's the redhead. You can't trust those guys. Finally, there's Jan. Okay, I know that one's not right, because this is our title character. Damn it, Crocodile Dundee, chant more clearly. There's a lot at stake here for me. If I don't get these names right, people might be mean to me on the internet. Jem appears to be massively drugged up, staring off into the distance and fixing her hair before slipping into a flashback to how it all began. I'm not sure if this is something she's telling these people, or just something she's decided to remember right now, or even if any of that actually matters. Turns out the story of this bouncy pop quartet began with the death of Jem's father, which... wow. New territory for Sunbow here. I mean, I guess Sparkplug probably died between Transformers Seasons 2 and 3, but they kept all that off screen and it's equally possible that Spike just put him in a home of some kind, possibly in space. Jem, who I guess was called Jerrica at the time, as an aficionado of soap opera names, let me say this one is excellent, is sporting a fantastic purple outfit complete with matching purple-haired boyfriend. And some other dude is also creeping on her at her father's funeral. I'll let Jerrica tell you the next part. My father left us two inheritances. One was his music company, Starlight Music, and the other was a home for foster girls, Starlight House. Wow, I wonder if these two things will end up being connected in any way. There's some wacky bit of slapstick that's meant to show us the home for girls is falling apart, though honestly it seems more like her boyfriend's incompetence to me. Then this lady mentions that the business that Jerrica's father left her might make some money for her to have. This is the primary purpose of a business, so it's weird to me that Jerrica needed someone to tell her this. So she shows up at the business, which she owns half of, mind you, and is immediately hassled by a cop, whom she sneaks past rather than, you know, telling him that she owns half the company now. She's similarly hassled by the secretary, who's too busy painting her nails to do anything about it. <laughs> Women, am I right? No, I am not. Do not laugh at that. Then she opens the door of her father's office only to find that sleaze bag from the funeral. You can tell he's a sleaze bag from that collar. Dude, it's the mid-80s, and also you're not Richard Dawson on Match Game. Knock it off. Record producer Leisure Suit Larry swears that he'll use his interest in Starlight Music to rule the world. Then, apropos of nothing, he introduces the Misfits. Pizzazz! Roxy! And Stormer! Yeah, Jem, I know you were the hero and all, but that's a much better entrance than the one you and Kumbor and Aha got a minute ago. I mean, they're riding guitar motorcycles. Okay, so they look more like guitar wheelbarrows, but I'm pretty familiar with this production company at this point, and I get what they were trying to do here. Then there's a song. It's kind of pretty good in a Pat benatar sort of way, but I'm not entirely clear if this is all actually happening in the reality of the show or if it's someone's weird fantasy vision. Given that we're already inside a flashback, that second option would add a whole weird Inception angle to this. Once the singing is over, Eric, 
that's the creep's name, details part one of his dastardly world domination plan. A battle of the bands, where every band but the misfits is deliberately bad, which means they'll win by default. Which seems a bit like cheating. The sort of cheating that comes from a lack of confidence that your songs truly are, as you claim in the theme song, better. That night at Jerrica's house, which is now haunted, I guess, she opens a small gift box containing some earrings, which summons forth this apparition. No, seriously. Jerrica Benton? I have come for you. I can't believe I was worried this show wouldn't be stupid enough for me. Earring Lady sends Jerrica to an old drive-in, which one of her friends proclaims to be the weirdest thing they've ever done. Have these guys known each other very long? I was under the impression that they were the orphans that came with Jerrica's inherited orphan mansion. Then they drive their van through a wall that isn't actually there and enter a computer room that's like if you redecorated Teletran 1 in Barbie colors and slapped on that mood-altering keyboard that Serpentor played that one time. The gang meets Synergy, some kind of earring ghost AI hologram computer lady built by Jerrica's dad. Sure, if I were working on something like this and tailoring it to the exact aesthetic of my closest loved one, I would definitely never tell them about it and take it to my grave. Synergy can use hologram technology to create illusions and change people's appearance, which everyone just accepts and moves on with things. This took the characters in Star Trek literally hundreds of episodes to do, so maybe these guys aren't the idiots I originally thought they were. Also, Synergy says their names more clearly, so I don't have to pretend not to know them anymore. Thank Christ. She also has an enormous treasure trove of amazing 80s outfits and a car. Holograms, clothes, musical instruments, this car? I can't believe Father kept it all a secret. Right? That's exactly what I said. Then the gang decides that they should use all this stuff to play in a band. Just to be sure. Next we jump to the Battle of the Bands, and I know we're supposed to think that all the non-misfit bands are lousy, but every one of them looks great and sounds fine, so I guess we'll just have to trust this crowd that they're bad. I mean, groups of people on this show are still really lousy at chanting, so for all I know they weren't booing at all. They might have been saying Boo Earns. Then, right before the Battle of the Bands comes to an end with Eric declaring the Misfits the winners, Jerrica and her friends start playing. Which isn't how Battles of the Bands work, but whatever man, it's just a cartoon. You can't overthink these things. The song's called Only the Beginning, and it's a lot more generic and repetitive than the Misfits song. I guess it's fine in sort of a go-go's way, but the one the Misfits did was way better. Just like they said they were. Sorry ladies, I take back my earlier skepticism. Nevertheless, Gem and the Holograms, which is what they're called now, obviously, win for some reason? Eric tries to shut them down by saying they weren't invited, but Jerrica slash Gem pulls off the old robot Superman trick and there's nothing he can do about it because he's Eric and he sucks. Then they agree to a rematch in six months with the actual music company on the line. This is exciting, but also there's no reason for Jerrica to agree to this. She owns half the company. I don't know anything about how companies are run in real life, but in a TV show, she just needs to buy one more percent or convince the board of directors or something. Agreeing to this sort of thing? is exactly what a Sunbow character would do. So, carry on, I guess. Also, some mustache guy promises a movie contract and a mansion to whoever wins the contest, which is kind of a pointless gesture that doesn't really elevate the stakes at all, so also very on brand for Sunbow. The Misfits steal the hologram's instruments, which we all know is the easiest way to win a battle of the bands. It's not like their front woman is a millionaire with incredible resources and access to dazzling new technology or anything. Then they chuck the instruments out of their van and the holograms nearly drive their car off a cliff, but then they use a hologram to flag down Jem's purple-haired boyfriend to rescue them? Oh, except he doesn't realize Jem is also Jerrica. I can see where they're going with all this. Also, their car is called the Rockin' Roadster, because of course it is. 
Then the Misfits do another song, and it's not as good as their first one, but it's still better than the Holograms Battle of the Band song, and also it features this amazing image. I'm just saying I know who I'd give the Fabulous Mansion to. Also, it just occurred to me that I always like the bad guys better in these shows, so I don't know why I expected this to be any different. Then there's some weird, tacked-on plot about the orphan girls, all of whom have absolutely flawless hair and clothes, and not the typical tattered rags you usually see on your standard cartoon orphans. And one of them stole some money or something, whereupon Jerrica reveals herself to be a narc. And that kind of tracks, really. She is a loser, after all. I mean, that's what I've heard. Then a burglar breaks into the orphan house to steal their candelabra and their antique radio, and in the resulting struggle, the place is set on fire! Sure, why the hell not? 